0: Happy New Year, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love that response, like, you know, I'm up here all by myself, and like, Happy New Year, and that's you. (laughs) Wherever you're watching from, we just want to say a special welcome to you. I know many of our folks are still uh, um, kind of wrapping up holiday things with family, and so if you're watching online, we want to say a special welcome to you. If you're checking us out for the very first time, uh, we love you. We're so thankful you're with us, and we hope that you'll... Uh, be able to join us in person soon and, But uh, we're so thankful you're online with us And wherever you're watching from, say a special welcome to you It's going to be a good day I have the honor uh, to bring you the first message of the brand new year for our community And uh, I believe uh, God has a word for us he, He's had a word for me for quite a while And it's something that's been on my heart So today we're celebrating a new year We're saying goodbye to last year Some of you are saying good riddance to last year um, but there's lots of possibilities here. Beginning of a new new year, new season, new era. Uh, so we're turning the page in the hopes that uh, we're gonna have a better 21 than 20. So here's the 2021, right? Like, yeah. I mean, everybody's like, I've been waiting on this year since last year, since January 1st of 20, you know, or about February March. I've been waiting on 2021. Let's just let's just go forward. And I agree, there is hope that comes with newness and new things, right? I agree. But I want to tell you you want to hear something pretty sobering? You ready? That's a (laughs) downer. I don't mean to be, but here's the facts there is no guarantee that 2021 will be any better than 2020. And before you get up and walk out, there is hope in that, though. That shouldn't discourage you completely depending on what point of view that you have this morning. Depending on the point of view, where you look. It shouldn't dishearten you completely because there is a guarantee, I believe, available to us this morning. There's some certainty in the uncertain times you live in and the chaos. There is hope. There is a promise if you know where to look. If you know where to look. The first place we look as believers the word of God this is where the power comes from no words of mine are going to do any good or Shannon's or anyone it's not a great thought and we attach scripture to it this is the only thing that can change lives this not some great thought that I have I don't have anything great to say it all comes from the word of God this is where our hope lies and I hope you're hearing me online as well This is where the power is, right here. Power to change lives. And so we look into the Word of God. I want you to turn with me to a very familiar verse, but a a passage. And as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, oh, here we go. Jeremiah Jeremiah 29, 11. But we're not going to just stop with verse 11. Because here's what we do. We read, you can quote it, probably the second or third most quoted scripture ever maybe behind John 3:16 and Philippians 4:13 but you know what comes with that is misquoted scripture what comes with that is taken out of context scripture because what we do is we pluck verses out and we make them fit our context and they fit you know oh i know the plans i have for you that sounds pretty dang good give me some of that because God, I want you to bless my plans. I want you to bless my family. I don't, don't let anything bad happen to me or my family. I want the good stuff that you have for me, God. But see, there's context to everything. And if we stop with 11, we're missing the meat of what God has for us. You know, here's, here's one uh, tip for reading and studying Scripture. You probably heard it. It's nothing new. But I would advise you to not pluck out verses... I would advise you to read way before and way after. You'll get the context of, what, of how it was written. And I, I promise you, Jeremiah 29, 11 was not written to a bunch of senior graduates. I promise you. I can promise that. Now you can... It, it, there's, there's lots of encouragement in there on its own, people. I, I promise you. And I'm encouraged that God knows... God's, God has a plan for my life. And nothing's going to shake that plan up. I'm encouraged by that. But I want you to see the context in which it was written, and you might see it in a different light when we view 2020 going into 2021, a new year with new hope, with no guarantee that 2021 is going to be any better. No guarantee. Sound pretty hopeless? I hope you'll change your mind after we, we get through reading. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Verse, Verse 11. Let's read on. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you will bring you home to your own land okay so context here prior to these verses there's a there's a there's a little paragraph that tells us what's going on here look you can look back at it right now I'm giving you permission to do that God is telling his people beforehand that they're about to go into captivity for 70 years he's preparing them for a, a, a time of slavery God is sending them into slavery. God is not saying, this is going to happen to you, and I'm sorry, this is unfortunate. He's saying, I'm sending you there. He just just said in verse 12 and 13, I sent you there, but I'm going to take you out. I sent you into 2020. 2020 pandemic and all, knowing that in January this past Day last year, we had no clue what was about to happen. No clue. Do you think, do we not think in, in all that God knows and does, that He, he knew that what was going to happen? Does that change your viewpoint of, of, of God? Does it change the goodness of God? No, it doesn't change the goodness of God. But it changes the way we view God and how He sees His plan for us. You see, his context, he's talking about 70 years of slavery. He's not talking about graduating high school. It changes it, doesn't it? But here, what we do, and I think here's the mistake we make with, with, with this verse in particular, is we, we pluck it out and we, we make it fit our context. Number one, we don't bother reading the verses that come before and after. Number two, the way we view it is always usually me-focused. It's, God, bless me. God, thank you for how you blessed me. God, please don't let bad things happen to me or my family. And that's not the prayer we ought to be praying going into the new year. God, don't let the pandemic hit my family. That is a legit prayer, and I'm not saying we shouldn't pray that prayer, but there are larger prayers to be prayed. Are you with me today? There are larger prayers much more uh, foundational and, and ground-shaking prayers that we ought to be praying than just over a, a, a terrible physical ailment that could, that ha- may have hit you and your family. Not belittling or, del- or, 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 or taking anything away from the loss that we felt. It's awful. But eternity, I'm telling you, hangs in the balance with this one. See, we make it about us and we miss the whole point. Here's the thing about this verse. This verse is not telling us that we're gonna, not going to go through hard times. It doesn't tell us that if we claim this verse that everything is gonna, that we do is going to succeed. In verse 12, in those days, in the days of chaos, in the days of slavery, in the days of hardship, what does he say? When you pray... I will listen. If you look for me with all your heart, you will what? You'll find me. Meaning in the days of chaos and hopelessness, God's going to listen. And God's going to show up. He said, you're going to find me. He said, you're not going to find great success. You're going to find me. You hear what I'm saying? See, we, we know this. But the reminder is is that we love the good things God can and will do for us and has done. But we love Him less. The fact of the matter is, we love God less than we love His promises. We love God less than what He can do for us. That's the facts. When I was 16 years old, I loved my dad for being able to give me some, some cash if I was going on a date. But I didn't want to hear from my dad when I messed up. I didn't want to hear from my dad when I would had a, some chores to do. That's just the facts. I loved my dad for what he could do from, for, there, for a time there. All my, all my dad was was a safety net in my eyes and I loved him. Deep down I loved him. But I so appreciate him more now because of who he is to me. He is not just my dad, he's my friend. And it changes over time because I gain perspective as I get older. We, gain, we do that, young people, we do that. We gain perspective as we get older. And we don't take things out of context anymore. We don't pluck it out and say, this fits my scenario. This is the whole truth, is that the promise being made here is that God keeps a promise, and it's not to drag you out of slavery only, although He did. The promise is Himself. The promise that God makes to us is himself, which is enough. Amen. Like that is enough. It might not be enough for you right now, but in the long run you will see that it is. That he is enough. When we get to heaven, he's going to be all that we focus on. He's going to be enough, and he is enough now. See, here's the thing about God and the promises that he makes. You know this, but I'm going to remind you, He keeps every one of those promises. See, God, His promises, they have another name in Scripture. They go by another name. What, what is it? Do you know? Do you guys know? Covenant. God doesn't make promises. God makes covenants. It is a binding oath. It is a binding agreement that God makes with His people. See, we make resolutions, meaning we might stick to it. We might not. Most of the time we don't. We're not going to no, stick to that resolution. you kidding me? That resolution you made two days ago, it's already broken probably. Are you, are, for real? Like, raise your I want to shake your hand. Fist bump maybe. If you have ever kept, followed through completely on a resolution for, for New Year's, raise your hand. I don't want to single anybody out, but I want to shake your hand. I'm not saying I'm not raising my hand. I'm just like, hey, I just want to like get the ball rolling. If anybody feels brave enough to say that they, no, heck no, we don't follow through on resolutions. We don't. We have every intention of doing so, but by v- our very nature, we break covenants. We don't keep them. We break them. We don't keep promises. We break them. We, our sin nature eventually takes over, and our humanness takes over, and our frailty takes over, and we break them. But not so with God. He doesn't make resolutions. He makes covenants. It's a binding agreement. And He never falls short of those promises. The writer of the book of Hebrews in in the New Testament wants to hammer home the point and reassure early Christians and, and us today that hope is built on a foundation of who God is. See, the promise is who God is. Which is better than what God does. Turn with me to Hebrews 6 real quick, in uh, the 15th verse, going through 19. Hebrews 6 15 through 19. By the way, he begins the chapter, the sixth chapter, with this little thing. He says, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. He says, go deeper. Let us go go instead and become mature in our understanding. So he's right off the bat he's saying, look we need to deepen our understanding of who God is and his his heart towards us. Verse 15 Then Abraham waited patiently and received what God had promised. This is a Abraham, a covenant he made with, it, with Abraham. Part of that covenant was to build a great nation out of him, which would eventually become the body of Christ. Right? The nation of Israel passed down, and then now that, that nation extends to you and I, and we become part of that great nation. The promise is I will bring many out of you, many, a great nation verse 16 now when people take an oath they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it and without any question that oath is binding god also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind verse 18 so god has given both his promise and his oath These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. I hope this is encouraging to you. Therefore, we who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the truth, the hope that lies before us. Verse 19, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. He's saying to the people here, don't freak out. Don't lose heart. We have hope because God has made a promise to His people, who, the people who love Him. God's made a promise to you this morning. Not in general, but very specifically to you as well. That God loves you and has purpose for you. But not everything you do is going to succeed. And not everything you go through in life is going to be without pain. But He promises above all Himself. Man, Himself. Himself. God promises himself. May know what this is. You know, anybody who gets on a boat or kayak knows might might knows know what this is. This is a kayak anchor. It's an anchor. Anchors come in many shapes and forms nowadays. You know, when I you know when I was a kid, I just think you know the tattoo on Popeye's arm, the the big iron anchor. You know, the humongous anchors that they put on the, the you know ocean liners and things. This is a kayak anchor, and uh, it's not going to stop anything big, I promise. It ain't. It's not really heavy. But uh, I did a little research on anchors, and uh, there are many different kinds of anchors. I was very shocked, and they have all different names and different functions and all that. I mean they all have the same function basically, but they, they operate a little differently. They are mushroom anchors. You've seen the mushroom anchors for little, you know, little dingy boats and stuff, you know, <laughs> fishing boats. And they just they're like upside and down mushrooms. That's what they're like. And they just drop them and they're heavy and you know are supposed to kind of keep you where you are. This one is a you know, a claw anchor or, or something close to it. And this one requires a little movement for it to work. You see a good anchor not going to work without a little bit of drifting a little movement a little chaos something has got to be pulling us away from where we ought to be so the anchor is dropped and then it grabs the 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 floor of the lake or the seabed or whatever wherever you're at the river and it kind of keeps you in place and they're bigger and smaller and all that stuff the anchor requires movement for it to work it requires something some some a little bit of drifting a little bit of drifting and i promise you this can we declare 2020 the year of the drift man we're drifting we were drifting and we might still be drifting into 2021 but there is an anchor there is an anchor this morning there is an anchor and His name is Jesus. There is an anchor. Praise God for that. Anchors require a little movement for them to work. I think the real danger in the Christian life is this. Listen, listen to me. It's not the overt, humongous, chaotic life-altering events in my in our mind that that do the most damage including a pandemic the things that do the most damage are the subtle things the drift the drift it's like getting in the in two foot of water at the beach you put your feet up for two seconds and you're a mile down the shore <laughs> like where's my umbrella i can't find my family I'm, I'm i'm done you gotta walk a mile back down the beach the subtle things we have no we may have no idea this morning how far we drifted in 2020 but there is an anchor that holds in the veil listen looking back on 2020 there's no doubt that I drifted there's no doubt and it was very subtle in in some ways but I drifted even in my own mind to just believe the promises of God you know I start to doubt as a someone who's been a christ follower for most of my life i got saved at 14 15 years old It's 30 years to doubt the goodness of god to doubt god's promises for me all of a sudden because of what i see on the eye level around me is nonsense it's nonsense to doubt God's promise for me because of the chaos around me in this world. Jesus says in this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Like, to doubt that is nonsense. It's foolish. But I can't help but look around me. So I'm, I'm drifting a little bit. Maybe you drifted through 2020 or most of it maybe you're drifting into 2021 and you know the only hope you have is the is the impending vaccine folks that's not going to bring you any hope might make you physically better might make make, make uh, the prospects to be healthier physically better in 2021 but it's not going to bring you any hope whoever steps into the white house is not going to bring you any hope or take it away. They're not king. Jesus is king. And Jesus is an anchor that holds in a veil in the storms of life. There he is. So, if you find yourself more worried about physical health or the physical health of those around you more than their souls you might be drifting if you find yourself more concerned about the things that you see at the eye level family issues look we're not making light of that or belittling that those are real issues but jesus is an anchor folks and if you believe that it's time to start living that out tether yourself to jesus detach yourself from whatever's stealing your joy right now give it to 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 god lay it on an altar and leave it there and pick up joy pick up hope and step into 2021 with hope and promise if you're watching i know many of you feel the same way justin I, i can't begin to tell you how my joy has been stolen this year people and things. I just can't get a break. I can't get a break. Things keep Bad things keep happening to me. How about 70 years of captivity in Babylon? How about 300 years, 400 years of oppression? Are you drifting this morning? You find yourself apathetic? Discouraged? living in fear just numb here's a great reminder it comes from a, a book that doesn't give a lot of great great news Lamentations 3 it says great is his faithfulness his mercies begin afresh each morning you could put year where morning is each moment so who or what has been your anchor in 2020 I'm going to ask that question who or what has been your anchor? If your anchor were your friends, your family, look, there's a difference between worshiping the God of the good things that He gives and worshiping the good things that He gives alone. See, so we can, you and I, in our culture, we like to worship family. We place family above everything, including God Himself. Friends, younger people, dating relationships. Man, that girl or guy, students, ain't gonna be your anchor. If if they are right now, they won't be for very long. Your family that's so messed up and dysfunctional right now that you just spent a month with, that you're so tired of, you're running the other way, I promise you, they cannot be your anchor promise They don't give joy, they shouldn't be able to steal it. They don't give hope, they shouldn't be able to steal it. But we allow them to do it. God says, "I will never leave you." Hebrews 13:5. God says, "I've told you that all of this so that you may have peace in me." Here on Earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world, John 16:33. God says, "Don't be afraid, for I am with you, don't be discouraged, for I am your God. This is, this is hope for us this morning. I will strengthen you and help, help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand, Isaiah 41:10. So my question to you is, where is your anchor? Who or what are you anchored to? And my action step to you is to anchor down this morning to the person of Jesus Christ. Understand that He is a firm foundation. When everything else is drifting and moving and, 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 and shifting, He does not. He stands still. And he, he, he gives us that in Jeremiah 29. He says, look. He says, you're going to go through the dip, most difficult thing you've ever been through. You're going to go through a period of chaos, not just chaos now, not just a little upheaval. You're going to go through mourning and loss, and it's going to be awful, but do not forget me because when you pray to me in that day, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to show up. Again, don't put your eyes on the things that God can do for you. Put your eyes on Him. He is a firm foundation. I want you to bow your heads with me for just a second. And I'm going to ask the band to come on up. And I want you to take a few moments. And I want you to pray along with me. You see, God is, um, God is a God of hope. And yes, He does have a plan for you. And yes, He does have a future for you. And yes, God will bring good things into your life. But, but if you're just looking at things and people, your focus is not where it ought to be. This morning, Jesus is better. Jesus is greater. And there is no hope or joy or peace apart from Him. If you're watching or you're in here today and you're wondering, I, I want to know that kind of hope and peace. I don't, I'm not sure I have it. I'm not sure I know Jesus personally. I've gone to church all my life or you know, I dabbled in church attendance. and I, I, I don't really know that I have hope that comes through Christ. I'm not sure I know Jesus personally. My prayer is that as we pray, that you'll pray also, and you'll have a conversation with Jesus. And you'll hand your life over to Him. And you'll anchor down. And you'll attach yourself to Jesus. The only hope. Let's let's pray together. Uh, Father, you are good. There's no doubt about that. We sing it. We pray it. We believe it deep down. But we have not lived as if you were good. We, we, as if we believe it, at least. And we live in a state of upheaval and discouragement many times and fear of the unknown. But Jesus, you are an anchor. And there are people in this room people watching that need an anchor and we all need an anchor but there are some people that are desperate to stop the drifting and the chaos jesus you are here and you have been introduced into the equation right here and now to be their anchor so wherever you are you're watching at home you're in here and you want to have that hope You, you pray with me jesus thank you Coming and being born we just celebrated that thank you for entering into our world and our frailty and our chaos thank you for living a perfect sinless life and thank you so much for dying for our sin our chaos our drifting our disbelief our disobedience and thank you for resurrecting yourself raising to life and thus raising us to new life and giving us hope a future. We give our lives to you. We give our hearts to you. Jesus, do what only you can do. In the newness of a new year, God, we pour ourselves out. We pour the good and the bad out at your feet right now and we say that we want, we desire, we begging you to do a new thing this morning a new thing to make us new to restore our joy our hope you're the God of our salvation you're the anchor that holds in the worst storm of life that so we renew our hearts and our commitment to you thank you for dying for us thank you for forgiving us our sin our chaos our disobedience and thank you for making us right with you so we enter into a time of worship we want to lift our hearts to you God if you work we know you're working God continue to work and move in this room renew us all your name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's stand and worship together.